So, with all that introduction, right, uh, if you have your notes, I'm going to look at this real quick. We're not going to just go through it uh, mechanically, uh, but we are going to talk about the, uh, where are we with this Malachi? And, and Scott <clears throat> had given you, and I see uh, I've got Jeff's paper. I'm not look, reading his notes, but I see he has lots of notes. I see, I assume he unpacked this. So where are we, right, with this? Um, Malachi is, is talking to what group of people? Israel is what? Where, where are they in their uh, history, their land, their, their journey through this? Uh, they are... They, they, something has changed. There, there's a, a new thing. Where is Israel as, a, as his remnant, right? Where are they now? Now, and I'm throwing this out. I don't really care if you answer, but I'm trying to think, okay, let me see where they're tracking. Um, they're back in Israel after some, like they've been, what, they went through Assyrian and Babylonian captivities. They've kind of returned back to Israel. Yeah. Some of them. But Ju and it was Judah because the northern, yes. the northern kingdom is pretty much obliterated. Is, is <laughs> scattered, the yeah. They were scattered, so they came back to Judah. They, Israel itself was actually not... Yes and no, but God still looks at him as His pea covenant people, right? No, no, no. And, and, no, but I'm and I'm again, I, and that's the details where we can fragment things. Okay, I'm trying to get big pictures here because um, it helps me. Okay, put a stake in where where I am with this. They've come back, right? So. You know, if you look at, at his notes on the first one, right? He's got the northern kingdom, right? It falls to Assyria. Uh, Assyrians fall to the Babylonians uh, uh, and the Medes. So in 722, who's, a major, who's one of the major uh, prophets during that time? Again, I'm, I, I want you to think. Uh, uh, and that's... You mean 722 B.C.? Yeah. In 722 B.C., who's one of the major prophets at this time? Huh? Okay, when they came back after... No, not 722. Right, that was, that's why I'm confused, because you're all the way back. Exactly, but that's where his timeline begins. And that's, um, I know I'm scattering this out, but we can get into the details, and we can know the details, but then we go, well, apply it to this. Where are we? Wasn't that this, um, in 722 B.C., where is Israel? Who's, who's one of the major prophets during this time? Wasn't that Isaiah? Isaiah. That's why I got confused. Okay. And when's Isaiah preaching? And, and it's and 722, yes. And Jeremiah. Right, but Jeremiah's a little bit late. Jeremiah was really just before, wasn't he? Because, as a matter of fact, they got carried off in Jeremiah, right? So 720, this is Jeremiah's a bit afterwards. They, I think they might have overlapped because Isaiah had a very long prophecy. Yes? I can't remember, was uh, Hezekiah uh, king during that time? Well, you, you, yeah, he was one of memory, and he lists in the beginning of that who the kings were, right? Why am I, why am I saying that? Because this this book came to a group of people with a history. Okay, it'd be like uh, uh, if we told a story now, they'd have to know what the culture is. Uh, 
you're you're going to understand God speaking to these people in any context to what they know. Okay, this is we sometimes think this Bible will make it all theological and technical and everything else, but he's talking to common people too. He's talking to everybody. Matter of fact, weren't a lot of the prophets common people? We get don't sometimes we make this stuff so up in the air and so intellectual and what did Scott say during one of the themes during here? This is the he I, I see it in here. He's got covenant, right? Covenant. He talked about covenant, right? Didn't he bring that up? And you talked about the formalism. Formalism, but what is a what is a covenant? What are some of the aspects of a covenant? And again, I think most of you are probably going to think of something technical. It's a promise. It's what? A promise. A promise. And a promise. And and, and it is a promise. But when you make a promise, you make it just to. Do you make a promise to just anybody? No. Now, um, I don't know how that. It's all about asking good questions. <laughs> Without giving them the answer, it's a relationship. Absolutely. And we say that real quickly, but think about it. What's all? What is it we always lose? It really is a relationship. Covenant is a relationship. Yeah, these promises, and and then you go to the law, and it looks so difficult because you think, no, who could do the law? The answer is nobody. Right. But so. What I'm trying to do is, is bring you back. So, so we're, we got Isaiah. You know what some of the warnings of Isaiah were, right? He, he pretty much told them they're going to go into captivity. Didn't he even tell them? Uh, and, and we'll look at this a little bit. Uh, Isaiah 40, 40, uh, 44, 45. Who was, he, who was Isaiah talking about there? End of 45, uh, end of 44, 45. He's talking about Cyrus. He told him 170 years before Cyrus ever hit the scene, who was going to bring him out? Why are we going through all this? Because these people should have known this, even the non-intellectual, right? They were they were steeped in the word. They should have been preaching the word. They should have heard the word. It's a, you know, they, they weren't near as confused as our society is. They had a lot less to focus on, you know. They didn't have 27 flavors of toothpaste when you can't even find what you want. <laughs> I hate it. Give me the regular crest. You can't find it. <laughs> so they would have heard this. All this was in their psyche. All this was in there. Think about where we are with Malachi. Here they are. And aren't we kind of talking the same things again? We're going back over the same things again. And that's what we're going to look at with some of these. That's where I wanted to bring you to. So, Scott kind of did uh, the first five verses. Is that where you're at? Is that where you finish? Because he told me to do six through nine. I'll probably sneak into ten. <laughs> But he's going to reteach it anyway, so, so do not fear. Okay, isn't that about where you finished? One through five? Yes. The oracle of the word of the Lord. Did he say anything about that oracle? Did he bring up anything about that word? 
I don't want to reteach. It's burden. Could be burden. Could be burden. Yes. Well, it's the burden. It's a pronouncement. It's a burden. It, it's a, in Hebrew. It can be translated okay. burden. The burden. Interesting. The, the word of the Lord. Usually that's a statement, right, for uh, a prophet, right? A prophet usually saying, this is the word of the Lord. Right? Lord. Did he, did he mention that, anything? Did he, did he talk about Lord at all? The name? We talked about that a little bit. Yahweh? Yeah, Lord. Yeah. And what... what what did you all discuss about Yahweh? You I good for you. Well, because they, you know, the in the Hebrew it does not say Lord. It wasn't until the Talmudic period where they took the web, that out, and it's over seven thousand times in the Old Testament. And the word is Yahuwah. He has a name. He, if you, you know, the word in, in of Lord in Hebrew is actually Baal. So it's like it's a title. It's not his name, and he has a name. And so I feel I, I'm a big proponent of that. Right. Um, personally. But he used another name too, didn't he? What? Anybody other? Any other scholars in here? What other, what other names uh, he used for God? Uh, in this particular passage or in general? In general, throughout the Bible. You know this. The most high the you said, you're just not thinking. See, but again, that's why it's not good to know this. And Adonai wasn't originally. Adonai is, is Lord. That's all it is. It's a title. I'm, I'm guessing it's Elohim. El, Elohim. But Elohim is actually plural. Elohim is, but there's also L. It uses L, L a lot. I'm the I am. Right. So, right, uh, Israel. Uh, okay, you're using God's name, you know. So, Hallelujah. Lord... Yeah, and if you if you can, there's a couple of good things you can do online. Lord is a covenant name. Typically, uh, one of the writers said this. I have checked it out. Um, uh, Lord is always used in re, in a relationship with Israel. Elohim, things like that. God, mighty, you know, power things. It, Elohim is used in a relationship. Where is it first? What's the major passage? And you probably looked at this. Uh, maybe you didn't. Uh, where, is, where, where does God, uh, in Exodus, give you a hint, where does God say, use this word? And, and he's talking to Moses, right? I am. Yeah, I am. And it's probably like a... Uh, 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 I don't want to get into technical thing because number one, I'm not. Uh, you know, it does get technical, and it's really over my head. I've heard Hebrew scholars talk about this, but it's a Hebrew verb to be, right? I am. Uh, Elo uh, Yahweh is one of the ways they pronounce. We're not sure what vowels are put in there, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, it, it, they're they're a little different form. But they, they, Jesus said, "I am," right? the verb to be I am it's being um, I was thinking of this as I was going over this do you remember the slang thing that was going out there for, for, for a while maybe you haven't heard of it what it is you ever heard that expression yeah. it was a slang slang thing street, street thing 
And I thought, really, it's kind of profound in a lot of ways. What it is. It's a state of being. Don't tell me what it was. Don't tell me what it's going to be. What is it? What what it is? Uh, and really, when G- Jesus is saying that, he goes, I am, right? You know John had the seven I am's. And, you know, I am the way, the truth, the life, right? I'm the good shepherd. And when he, when they, when he was talking to the Pharisees, you know, before uh, Abraham, I am. Of course, they picked up stone to stone. They knew what he was saying. So it's, it's uh, let's look at that real quick. So what's important about this? I mean, he is talking to these people, communicating these people. When he used Lord, to us it doesn't mean that much. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. 13 then. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And again, it's uh, uh, close to Yahweh there. And he said, Thus you shall say to uh, sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. It's a relational, okay? And uh, this is a covenant. These people were in a covenant. Uh, God is faithful, right? Who isn't faithful? Us. <laughs> we break the... He's, he's going to keep his covenant. We break the covenant, right? And the law was part of that covenant, even though it was a temporary thing. It was part of the covenant. They were supposed to keep the law. So... That's kind of verse 1. Uh, so he says, I've loved you, right, says the Lord. And do you, do you, you, I, I, I assume Scott talked about kind of the pattern that goes through here. Well, Malachi is doing, he says, look at this. He goes, all right, verse 2. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Yeah, and think about that. It is a kind of a conversation we're, we're going in on, and they're saying, did anybody ever think anything about that? The, well, the way he stated it. Well, it's 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 exactly what we contend with today. You know, uh, how can there be a God if there's so much evil in the world? And so they're like, "I've loved you." I'm like, really? You you right. you took us out of our land. You did this. You did right. this. You did this. And they're constantly thinking about how can right. you possibly love us? Right. And so that's exactly what we contend with here right. today. Nothing's new. Right. And that's what we talked about. Right. And it's and it's it's kind of. You know, I know a lot of you, have, uh, not all of you, but a lot of you have had children. You know, when you ask children about something and uh, you ask them something, they don't really answer it. And he goes, instead of him saying, you haven't loved me, you notice what he says? He says, well, uh, how, kind of like, well, what are they saying? Well, what do you know? What are we guilty of? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a criminal, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, let, let me talk to my lawyer. Uh, well, 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 what is it you're charged? What is it you know? And the, and the and the officer on the other side is trying to figure out what did you do, right? So he, you know, each of them is playing a game here. We're, we're sidestepping each other. We're not talking the truth. That's what came to my mind. And, and what does he do? Is he, he explains, right? Uh, was not Esau Jacob's brother, right? I'm sure you went through all that. So who is Jacob? Ancestor of uh, the Israelites that were living in the land at that point. Right. And so, yeah, so you see, and you see Israel, right? You go, 
well, we'll focus on Jacob, but what do I see? I see Israel. So, again, it's talking big category. Esau, same thing. What is Esau? He says it pretty much in the text. Edom. Yeah, he says it right in the text, right? Because in verse 4 he tells them, right? Though Edom says, right? So Esau is the progenitor or the, the head, but he's, he's really looking at Edom. He's looking at wicked people, right? They build, they will, they, you know, they say they will build, right? Uh, uh, second part of verse 4. Uh, he calls them the wicked territory. You see all these contrasts that are going on? He's contrasting everything. That's the wicked territory, Edom. Well, what would that be in contrast to? Okay, we talked about Edom. The other one's Israel. So what's Israel? Holy land. <laughs> wicked? Holy. You see, and that's the thing. You know, God wants us to think. you got to think through these scriptures and tear it apart. If you don't know the answer to something, and I say this all the time, uh, ask a question. You want to learn something? Ask questions. It's amazing. How you, it's a, you, you, you'll start peeling layers off when you do that. You know, because he doesn't, he doesn't just... Do you notice how he doesn't just put it all there, but you, and then you think about it, you think, yeah, he's, he's, everything's in contrast here. Holy land, wicked land. It's all of God, right? So, now we can kind of skip into uh, verse 6. A son honors his father, a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is the honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect? Anybody else have a different translation besides New American Standard? Any ESV people there? A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Fear. And that's why we read, it's good read other translations. Why do they do that? These, these, and we know what the good translations are. And he, I know we give New King James a hard time, but, but don't, don't be hard on them. Uh, sometimes they'll they translate I think correctly we look at different translation why did they come up with that different word obviously it was a possibility these guys are not heretics we uh, New American Standard I think New King James ESV not NIV no paraphrases it's not a full paraphrase but so where is my fear says the Lord of hosts O priest who despise my name but you say, how have we despised your name? I didn't say this before, but in verse 1, um, when in the oracle, who's, who's speaking here? Malachi, right? Look at, who's, look at who he's talking to here. Lord of hosts, O priest who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? Who should have been talking to the people? The priest. They were, it's their job to teach, to lead them. They were the uh, mediators. Oh, we're talking Old Covenant here, right? They were the rightful mediators. Okay, you got Malachi talking to them. Again, it goes all with this, this beginning. Think about this. It, it's the, the burden of the word. You got Malachi. They're, they know they're going to get a, a, a prophet's talking. Talk, prophet's easier there to tell them. I got a word from the Lord. You guys are going the wrong direction. This is God's word. Look at what you're doing. I mean, if you read on and on, it's like, well, what did they do to defile you? It's like, well, you, you sacrifice, you know, the lame, the sick, the blind. Would you do that to your king? I'm your, you know, he, mm -hmm. 
what would he do to you, right? Right. Um, and I am the I am your king, and right. what are you doing? So it's basically like they were back to uh, formalism, which is what Scott was kind of heading on. Was that mm-hmm. they were going through the motions, but they didn't really believe any of it because if they really believed it, they wouldn't have been so. They didn't have it in their heart. You know what I mean? Right. They wouldn't have been like that. They didn't right. believe he really knew what they were doing. He right. thought they were they were just kind of going through the motions. Mm-hmm. He didn't believe there was a God who was actually looking at their sacrifice. Like, they clearly did believe right. in the relationship with which they were going through the right. motions of. Right. And right. that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like, because otherwise, if you actually were like, there is a God, I want to... They, they didn't have the spirit of God in them. They really didn't. And so they were just, and the priests, who were the ones who were supposed to be teaching mm-hmm. of the relationship, mm-hmm. they really didn't buy it either. They were no. just going through the formalism. Right. Right. Which is the word that Scott had used earlier. And so when you look at this, it's mm-hmm. like, they didn't think that God actually saw what they were doing mm-hmm. and knew that mm-hmm. they were sacred. Like, they, mm-hmm. he did, they didn't think that. They right. were like, yeah, whatever. Right. And that's, I mean, you know, like you were saying, this is not that difficult to really unpack, right? It's not like this is something that, you know, we have to have a scholar unfold. It's not like some prophecy. You're like, what in the world is that? You know, or Zechariah. (laughs) Uh, That's my point. You know, why did I bring up all that history? Because it's a cycle. They keep doing the same thing. But it's not. And then we look at them, you know, don't, don't look. Okay, it is Israel. There are the example. But what is it ultimately? It's just, it's people, right? All right, people are people. You know, when you strip away all the facade, the culture, and everything else, people are people. Yeah, and you, exactly. I mean, you pretty much just went to the passage for us. And that's the thing. There's not a whole lot here. So you have to un... Uh, okay, if you're going to do this, so why? Well, um, you know, and, and... But again, you said it. They they were given... The fear. That word fear there. Where is my fear? And And we know that fear is not really just always just... Uh, it's just not uh, frightening like uh, uh, the hammer is going to come down or my head's going to be cut off I'm going to be but it, there is an aspect of that but, but it's kind of like uh, uh, Proverbs 1 7 right the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge fools despise wisdom and instruction you, but you really have to believe like you said without that faith uh, if they're fearing a governor and they're not fearing God, they, they're not getting it, right? We're not thinking through. And that's a difficult thing because the governor is there front and present. But God sometimes, let's face it, if we're not really focusing on it, right, we're forgetting. I do. I'd be doing great. And then I, you know, next thing you know, I go off and I'm, I'm on my own and, and I'm not, am I praying to God? Am I considering God? Am I thinking about, well, God, what do you think about this? Should, you know, am I doing that? No. And, and so, and then I catch myself and go, oh, yeah, I guess I should have uh, prayed about this. Right? Well, obviously, when you do it for a long period of time, you see what happens. I mean, they're bringing... Defiled animals, right? Leviticus 22, 
talks about this. He's got they got the whole chapter on this. Don't bring these defi. He spells it out there. Um, I think um, even says uh, the priest could die bringing bad sacrifices. Leviticus twenty two nine. They they uh, they shall therefore keep my charge, so that they will not bear uh, sin because because of it and die. Then uh, I well, I butchered that. Uh, they shall therefore keep my charge, so that they will not bear sin because of it and die. Thereby, because they profane it, I am the Lord who sanctifies them. And he goes on, he talks about animals. Uh, the Lord spoke, he says, you know, uh, your burnt offerings, it, the animal must, must be acceptable. Whatever has a defect, verse 20, you shall not offer. They knew this. But do you see how sin hardens your heart and when you get away from it you forget there is no faithfulness and it wasn't just like well if this is the only animal you have you're giving it to God it wasn't about that it's like you have a whole flock of perfectly fine but this one is blind so you want to get rid of it so you bring it over well sure who wants to you know who wants to bring the expensive stuff right let's give them the leftovers or the defects but it's a hard thing though and I think that's what's you know that's what Scott's whole uh, vision on this class was. Okay, where do we go to legalism? Let's finish through this, and then we'll we'll talk about some of our present day idols. Because because really, uh, we have them now. The other thing I want you to think about when Israel left before they went into captivity, they were primarily an agricultural society. When they came back, they were much more a mercantile, merchant kind of a society. They'd been in a the city of cities at that time, Babylon. Did you ever think about why there's only a remnant came back? Why did the other ones stay? They had businesses and lives that they'd set up they were prosperous. Life was good. They'd also been there for 70 years, so there was progen you know, there was marriage and children and and they had intermarried, which I talked about. Which they weren't supposed to, but they did. They, yeah, and I think a lot more of the intermarriage came when they came back, too. And that's what Nehemiah speaks to. And that's why when you look at Scott's background, he gives you Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Haggai, uh, Zechariah, Malachi. I mean, they were talking the same things. Uh, Zechariah, uh, Haggai and Zechariah had to get them to build the, the, the uh, temple. We'll, we'll look at that in a, in a minute. They'd stop building. Um, but when you present the, the blind sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governors? Uh, would he be pleased of you? Or would you receive? Uh, would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? But now you will not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us. With such an offering on your part, will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there, would, that there were one among you who would shut the gates that you might not use. Oh, that there would be one among you who would shut the gate that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, 
nor will I accept an offering to you. When I, when you, when I read back in um, Malachi 6, a son uh, honors his father and a servant his master. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Does, does that sound familiar to you? I know you all are familiar with Isaiah 1. The vision of Isaiah, son of Amos, concerning Judah and Jerusalem, they saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Listen, O heavens, hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. Sons I have reared and brought up. Relational, right? But they have revolted against me. An ox knows its owner, a donkey its master's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. That's always the key, isn't it? You get out there, I mean, we... I tell this all the time, especially to young believers. I said, you know what you know because you have the Spirit of God inside of you. You would not believe this if you did not have the Spirit leading you this way. It's not intellectual. There are some really smart people. I mean, look at the stuff that we're doing. It's, it's amazing with these... Uh, uh, and I know I'm talking to a community out there, these mass science, and, you know, it's, it's not me, but they're blind, a lot of them. They have a clue where they're going. God has to open the eyes. Israel, he's telling, this is Isaiah talking back in 7 to 6, early uh, 600 uh, B.C., right? And he's talking to him. He goes, you guys don't know. It's the same story. God tells him, he's, he, he, uh, Isaiah tells him he's going to turn them over, but there's always... Uh, a way back, right? Verse 18 in Isaiah 1. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they be as white as snow. They are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you, you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Again, you see that. The word, the mouth. He always uses word. And you notice he's using Lord there. Okay? These are covenant passages. Deuteronomy, right? Six. Um, what is the Hebrew? What is the one thing they love in Deuteronomy chapter six? The Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. A lot of them wear bracelets with this little saying on there. Or they have it. It's called the Shema. You, you say the Shema. Hear. Hebrew word, Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Okay, these words I am commanding you today. He says, uh, he goes, he's telling them, he goes, uh, you should teach your children everything else. Your houses will be full of these things. He goes, when you go into the land, verse 11, and you have houses full of all these good things you did not fill, hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and eat and are satisfied. Watch yourselves that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, the house of slavery. Verse 13. You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him, and swear by his name. You got both. Love, 
fear. It's a relationship. If you, you know, fear is, is also kind of an honoring, right? Honoring, glorifying. Honor, glorify. Oftentimes, uh, same word translated there. If it's a relationship, you know, do you care about somebody? You're going to treat them like, like they were treating them? Bring in these, these uh, blind and lame? Is that what you're going to bring to your friends? I thought about this. Let's see if I get some discussion going. If not, we'll go back to the scriptures. But, you know, so what are our idols today? I think it's a lot of the same things. I think, you know, when I was going through Zechariah, um, talk about leaning on the commentaries. You can, I, you, there are chapters in Zechariah you read and you're thinking, man, unless you want, unless somebody tells me what these symbols were there's no way you have to know the background and one of them was uh, materialism really and it's going to be and it was uh, carried off and you see uh, Babylon it was carried back off to Babylon remember with Zechariah they they come back Zechariah and Haggai are telling them you got to build the temple they had stopped building Haggai says uh, you say it's not time to build the temple but uh Basically, he says, and I'm paraphrasing, what's this paneling in your houses? <laughs> they probably took the, they were probably that stuff was dedicated for the temple, and there they were paneling their own houses. See, you got paneled houses, you know? Lauren has a sense of humor, you know what I mean? <laughs> what's the, I know she got paneling in there. Color TV on the wall. <laughs> so they had to exhort them back to it, and, and Zechariah. Haggai kind of gave him a hard time. Zechariah gave him prophecy. He gave him a lot of prophecy, covenant prophecy. He told him uh, so many things. The Messiah was coming. He also told him they were going to reject the the good shepherd, which they did when he came, and they were going to embrace the false shepherd, which they will do during the tribulation. They are going to make a pact with the Antichrist. And he told him that in Zechariah. It's amazing. He also told them about their goods and how they were going to, it was going to, and there's this uh, ephah that's carried off to Babylon. And really, the, all those things were commercial terms. It was a bushel, a bushel basket of wheat, and, and these other, uh, there was another thing that was like a, a measure, a weight, you know, like on a scale, a weight for a talent, you know. It's, it's commercial things. And all that was going to be carried off to Babylon. Well, you go to uh, Revelations, and, and what falls in Revelation? Babylon has fallen. The, uh, Babylon, the religious aspect, chapter 17 and 18, the commercial aspect. Uh, it, it, it's God's plan. It's the same story over and over again. We're enticed by the same things. So, what I've kind of pointed out, what is our enticements now what carries us away from god i i can i can start start off by by being vulnerable i can tell you what one of mine is is uh um laura and i've been looking for a house we've lived in uh, this area for a long time and uh, uh kids have grown up uh, every you know it, so anyway we're looking for this house long story short we ended up buying some land 
we looked at these houses, we thought, well, I don't like any of these houses. And they're, we're paying this much money for something I like's crazy. You know? Uh, so we buy so we buy this land, we're building this house, and I'll tell you the truth, it's kind of exciting and fun at first, but um, bet <laughs> bet between, between you and me, after a while, it was like, I'm done thinking about this house. It's occupied. I'm telling you, it absorbs you. And I, you know, people ask me, what about this house? You know, the ones that, you know, I was talking with, and I'm going, I'm done talking about it, to be honest with you. It's just a house. I'm going to die one day. Somebody's going to get it. Eventually, it's going to be worthless. I don't care. You know what I mean? It was dragging me away from really what I, what I wanted to focus on. But I can see how it's enticing. It is. There were aspects of it that are enticing, you know? Uh, God has blessed us with with uh, uh, the funds to do this kind of thing, but I'm thinking, all right, big deal. This is not, you know, it's. I get excited. Fortunately, God, I got saved later in life, so a lot of you know my story. I get excited about reading God's word, about when God gives me something in His word, and I'm going, wow, you know what I mean? And I read some prophecy, and I'm going, wow, that's it, because you see. When I, when I understand it and I know it and I believe it and I start to walk it, I, then I see God gets a little bigger. He's huge. That was my enticement. That, that's stupid. <laughs> we still don't live. We live in Colleen's basement. <laughs> we sold our other house. Yes. Mm -hmm. Homeschooler. Mm -hmm. like so much of my time is right. not mine. Right. So when I get my time, right. there's so much fill it with right sometimes it's hard to take that time and really dedicate my mind to it is word. and you have and I bet if you're honest you probably found if I don't make time everything else will, will come in there yeah. it has to be a sacrifice of time because if it's just whenever mm -hmm. it's not going to happen yeah Good point. And, or you do it you were at the last minute, and it's like, well, that was a waste of my... You know, it's like short, yeah. you're tired, yeah. Yes? I, I think I'm speaking for both of us, but our jobs seem to... Mm. It's not like I idolize my job, mm -hmm. and it's not like I idolize money or like mm -hmm. that, um, but our jobs can be very um, demanding, mm -hmm. and they take us away from our ability to just stop and be mm -hmm. excited about the gift mm -hmm. of salvation that we've received and just mm -hmm. to be able to focus on God and, and study His Word and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and because we're both sometimes just so overwhelmed by our work days. Mm -hmm. And I think both neither of us like that, but we find ourselves trapped by it sometimes. And that's something that we have to work on. It's, it's kind of a, yeah, it's tough. I'm a, when... Laura just went back to work. She'd been off for two plus years, what, two and a half years? I don't know. You know, it's like, you know, and at first it was like, wow, we can't wait to get back to work. And then, you know, it's kind of convenient. The, uh, telecommuting, though, sometimes she'd be, you know, she and this other uh, colleague that were interested in getting something done, they'd be talking at 10 o'clock at night. And I said, this, I said, this is, you know, you got to shut it off. Once she said, the one thing, once, one thing I will say, when I commuted, when I left work, I was done. You know, I left it behind. Yeah, so you can, yeah, it can absorb you.
Yeah. Um, I was just kind of thinking, like, kind of back to verse 6, where um, God says, you know, you're supposed to be offering me this. And it's not that the priests weren't offering something, but what they were offering wasn't the best that they had. It wasn't Mm -hmm. the first fruits. It wasn't what God had actually asked them for. Mm -hmm. Um, And as priests, they were supposed to know better than anyone Mm -hmm. what God wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's kind of easy sometimes to get into a rut where you're Mm -hmm. just kind of like doing the thing. You show up to church, you you, do Bible study, you do the things, but you're not offering God the best of you. You're not offering God what's first. And I find that that's something that I run into where it's like, am I really offering God like sincere worship? Am I allowing other things to kind of take my focus? So yeah, I'm, I'm spending time in my Bible, but like I was kind of distracted by my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm like doing all these other things, or like mm-hmm. am I going to Bible study? But like I'm not really internalizing it. I'm not applying it because mm-hmm. it's easy to just do the thing mm-hmm. right. that you're supposed to do, but you're not really right. being sincere about it. Right. Yeah, your heart's not in it. And and what did he say? He says, I loved you. You were supposed to love me. Yeah. Look, we all know that passage. On, uh, I'm talking to a lot of Bible people here. Uh, church in Ephesians, right? What did he tell them? You lost your first love, right? And they were doing a lot of things. Uh, if you look at that, if you go back and look at that, uh, Revelation 2, Ephesian church, they were doing a lot of things. And they, they were uh, uh, diligent about uh, uh, protecting against heresies and things like that, but they lost their first love. And it's easy to do. You know, I'm, I came to faith late, and I was on fire for, for Christ. You know, it's like, wow, you know. Uh, and I was telling everybody about it, and I was drive my wife and my kids crazy well you need this you know what I mean yeah I had no theology whatsoever I'd just come to faith I was a baby I was like trying to pull them into you know Uh, but you know you do lose that Um, it needs to be rekindled I I need to think about that Um, uh, we're we're taught we're pretty much uh, how do I want to put it a lot of the group here is is fairly mature. We're not doing the. When I was came to faith at forty, I was doing a lot of. I mean, I was indulging in worldly stuff, just trying not to have it consume me. But I was definitely purposely seeking that, indulging in it. You know, um, so uh, you know, that was easy. To, some of the stuff wasn't so easy to give up. And what it's funny because one of the things I. Uh, I approached uh, uh, Pastor Gabe about this. I'd heard something on the radio, and it just rekindled something I had looked at and heard of before. It was on focus on the family. He was talking. One was talking about um, pornography, and I said, "You know, we almost need to talk about this on a church level." I think a lot of people uh, we, we don't know how we're not. Most people that aren't into it are unaware of how pervasive it is. And especially because the thing that they got me, it's not like I hadn't heard uh, other people talk about this and in, in, uh, counseling and things like that. But each time as we move forward, how pervasive it is for the, I mean, the kids are being, that's where their kids are being bombarded. We know that, you know, this stuff is out there. And 
we don't need to be stigmatized about these kinds of things. We need to be a church that's healthy, and we need to recognize they're there. They're wrong, but we need to be a solution to these kinds of things. And you can't do that if people are, are hiding. That's what these people are doing. At the essence of being unfaithful and everything else, that they think that they were hiding these sick animals from God? Because think about it. Isn't that what they're doing? That's what they think they're doing. Right. But isn't that what we do ultimately? We forget that God, yeah, intellectually, yes, God's there, you know, in the depths of the sea. He's there when I wake, when I sleep. Well, oh, yeah, we know all these verses. But when we're doing something, it's kind of like we have this compartmentalized thing. God's not looking, you know. But, uh, I, and I, I, thought, I thought really that these are the kind of issues that, that we need to deal with. I'm really concerned about the kids because, uh, you know, in my generation, this stuff is a click away. You, you said it when you were studying. What is our problem? This stupid thing. Some people, you know, you, you, you doing that, that. My wife sometimes, I look down, she goes, ding, 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 ding. I go, who are you talking to? I'm right next to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, it does, and it's it's there. And and I and I, I think it's the enemy. Think about it. What is what is uh, to me? What is our real battle? Our battle is twofold. There's God. We had we had the the, the, the separation here. We had Israel, Holy Land. We had the wicked land, Edom. But what's really going on here? We have two world systems. We we are spiritual people. We are looking at what's going on behind the scenes. That's the main thing we get out of this Bible that non-believers just can't see. We get to see what's going on, who's pulling the strings behind the scenes. And we have an enemy who is purposely doing this. They're intermarrying. Why are they intermarrying? They're, they're probably not taking... They're probably getting good-looking wives, right? They, they like the way the wives look. I mean, it's, sexual is, is such a, 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 a primary thing. How, many, how often did this happen? It happened, you know, uh, right at the fall. It, it's, it's a primary thing. I, I only say this because, really... We don't, we don't consider it. We look at some of these things, alcoholism, things like that. Oh, I'd never do that. But uh, I, I see people get into other things. It's still, this, it's still what about fear? I see, I see, if we're Christians, should we have fear? Did Jesus say, I gave you a spirit of fear? He says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, Roman 8. So are we trusting in God? What about anger? You, you ever seen any angry people? I do jail ministry. A lot of them are angry. It's an adrenaline rush. A lot of them, they're addicted to being angry. Anybody uh, tennis fans? Anybody remember John McEnroe? <laughs> you remember what John McEnroe used to do? He threw a temper tantrum. Did you ever notice what happened after he threw the temper tantrum? He usually won the next point. He was getting himself, he, it was illegal. He was getting himself pumped up with adrenaline by his anger. I think the fear thing is something that we all battle with, even though it's said over 300 times in the Bible, do not fear. Right. But I think that, you know, fear, doubt, anxiety, mm -hmm. those are some of, you know, it's about praying for, like, praying for peace through that, you know, right. praying for courage right. through that. 
right. because I think God knows that we are, we, we, we do, we all, I think, have to struggle with that on certain levels. Everybody has different fears that consume them. Right. That's, well, that's first, that's definitely fear and anxiety. I would agree. But you see some people uh, worry. My uh, mother-in-law has passed away. Um, that woman, she worried about everything. <laughs> I used to tell her, too. I said, well, you worry about everything. She goes, well, that way I do it for you. And I'm thinking, no, you don't. <laughs> but uh, some of it is, maybe I, I should have worried more. Or I should have had fear more. I mean, you're right. It is a warning thing. Anger is a warning thing. It's not a bad thing. It's what we do with it. Uh, right? They're warning signs, for sure. I, I just say that to say that but there, there are a lot of different things that uh, we can be addicted to and not even really aware of it. Or we're depending on. We're feeding ourselves on. Any thoughts? Am I going down a path that's... Uh... But this is legalism. Think about it. Jesus wants a relationship. He came... We have 2020 compared to what they had back then. Think about their prophecies and how difficult sometimes it is for us to look back the other side of the cross and see Jesus there. And that was what he was pointing to. Uh, but we have the revelation, the full revelation. Um, so I guess the takeaway, my takeaway, is, is always the same. It's like, okay... Pastor Leek wanted us to live biblically. And he didn't just say that. I mean, he really wanted us to practice it. And his his idea was most churches aren't. When you th- and there's some good churches, I mean, with, with, with good teaching and that kind of thing. But to really live biblically, think about that. I do. And I think, mm, yeah, i got a long way to go. As but it, we don't want to. We right, don't but you know, but it, I don't know about you. I want more Jesus. To get more Jesus, I have to be. I have. To, I. I. I have to grow. I have to become closer to Him. I have to walk my my um, ministry thing. People have certain verses. You know, what's your what's your verse? What's your life verse? Um, it took me forever. To I said, I don't know. I, to me, it's walking in the light. There's, uh, he says it in Ephesians. Uh, he says, we're not children of darkness anymore. You walk as children of light. It, the fruit of the light is righteousness. First uh, John, you know, uh, God is light in him. There's no darkness at all. We say we have fellowship with him, walk in the darkness. We lie. We don't practice the truth. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Uh it's, it, that's the bold move to me. Bringing my stuff, after we read these passages, bringing my stuff, carry to the light, where am I in this walk? And that's because, who wants to admit it? But at the same time, that's how you grow. You have to bring it, number one, to God. You know, These people were walking in darkness bringing sick animals and everything else. They weren't trusting in God. They didn't know him. They don't know me. You'll see God say that over and over again. They didn't know me. There's a remnant here as you move forward that that, uh, 
Malachi talks about that do know him. The, the majority, right, did not know him. That's the gift we have. We can know God.